You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Grasso, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. And we are here with our new format of our podcast, bringing you weekly recaps on the theater and music industry news and events of the past week. So today is Friday, May 7th, 2021, and we have lots of news and updates for you all in our industries. Uh, just so you all know, our Spotlight episodes will continue to come. As you know, we've done those in the past where we've Spotlight talked about, had some conversations on past shows, movies, um, concerts, music events, films, things like that that we've seen. So we will continue to have those episodes in the future as things come out, some cool things coming up in the next few months. So yep, Some Spotlight episodes on some great new films coming and yeah. also some guest podcasts. Yeah, so th- those are all coming. But our, our weekly podcast that we, re- we are going to release every Friday will be this new format of Recap Scoop. Style. The scoop. The scoop. So uh, Jeff, you know, comes from the music world. He's going to give you some updates on all things music. I'm going to give you some updates all things theater. We're going to talk about them. And let's dive and in. We're going to blend our worlds together. Blending the two worlds. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to start, if that's okay, with an amazing update in the theater world. Broadway reopening, yay. It's been a long-awaited getting some guidance from the government and the New York State government of how this can happen and when this can happen. So it was announced that starting May 19th, theaters can open, and they can open at 100% capacity on September 14th. So immediately people think, they read the article and think, oh, Broadway's just going to start May 19th. Great. No, it doesn't really work <laughs> like that. It takes a long time to restart a machine like that. Yeah. Um but to give you give people a sense, you know, 100% capacity September 14th, we're still about four months from there. So that gives the industry a lot of time to do a lot of things, actually. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what it's... Well, before I do that, I will say the shows, as we are recording this podcast now, what has been announced so far is six, the musical is returning in September with an October opening. We already have our tickets. We have our tickets. <laughs> we do. We uh, literally bought them. And I and when I saw Jeff had purchased them, I was like... Okay, do I cry now or do I cry when the first <laughs> note of the orchestra plays? So I, it was a cool feeling, I think, to do that and support the industry and to know that we have a place to go in October to sit in a theater and watch live theater. Again. Especially because six 
had to close their the, doors. Right on opening On right? opening yep. night. So they got to read. They didn't even restart. get to have their opening night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's coming. Phantom of the Opera on Broadway is going to start in October. The Wicked National Tour is actually starting in Dallas in August, I believe. And then just this morning, it was announced Chicago on Broadway is starting on September 14th, on the day they're allowed to. They're going to start right away on that day. So Some fun fun news there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so what? So tickets are on sale. That's great. But it's almost, you know, there's. I feel like there's two things that have to happen right now simultaneously. There's... You know, ca- casting the show, getting the crew together, rehearsing it, making sure everything is is working properly the way they left the show. Are they changing the show? Are they keeping the same thing? So there's the artistic side of the show mm-hmm. that still needs to happen, right? But then there's also this, like, safety element, which is huge. And it's a huge element in the room. And it's elephant in the room, I should say. And it's like, well, what are we doing to keep the audience safe? What are we doing to keep the crew safe and the actors safe? And and it'll be interesting in the next few months to hear what the unions are doing about that to keep their performers and their crew and their ushers and everyone safe as they're bringing 100% capacity into many Broadway theaters. Um, you know, of course, we're hearing staggered news. Every show is kind of doing their own thing. Some are waiting till October or November or December or mm-hmm. even the winter, right? Um, but the other thing I think which is really interesting is... What are the unions and the producers and the league and everyone doing about the march on Broadway and equality and inclusion in theater? And I think that's really important because, yes, we have four months to figure this out now. We've, we've, we've seen some progress in terms of some change, we think. You know, we're still waiting on more change. So there's a lot that's going to happen in the next four months if September 14th, 100% is going to be successful. In my opinion, I think it's a lot of artistic change, a lot of fiscal change, a lot of safety change. There's going to be a lot of change. And in a way, I think it's good that this date is far into the fall. That gives us plenty of time this summer to say, what are we doing to make sure this is an inclusive place, a place of artistic integrity and responsibility? Yeah. It's interesting watching Broadway right now because it's like Broadway's in a little bit of this pattern that many industries have gone through where Broadway has been so cookie cutter this whole time. Now, the creatives and the artists are starting to say, like, hey, we need change in this industry that has been the same for so many years. Mm. It's a little interesting that it's all kind of happening now when Broadway's getting ready to reopen, when, like, we've been in a pandemic for a full year, and it's been talked about a little bit, like, hey, what are we doing in the theater world? And then it's like, nothing's ever happened. So I'm really curious to see what people start coming up with as solutions Mm -hmm. for some of these problems. You know, we all can just march and hold picket signs and protest, but like, what are our solutions that we want to start seeing happening in the Broadway world? And I think the mark, the the people who organize March on Broadway have action items that they want seen and they're going to you know hopefully meet with these producers meet with their union representatives and say this is what needs to happen yes. are you meeting us here and making this happen you have all this time now to figure that out it's not just sell the tickets and put the show back on and, and like let's pretend that's not happening because there mm-hmm. is a lot of and i and i and we will continue to hopefully see in the upcoming few weeks a little bit about that yeah i'm excited to see that because I, I i would love to start seeing what's actually going to happen on Broadway. And because like right now all we know is like, hey, all the shows that were already on Broadway, we're they're just gonna open up again. Mm-hmm. And then it's like but so nothing's changed. Well, and maybe we'll see that in the newer things, but also with the 
things you're talking about, the shows that have sat there a long time, what is the change that we're going to see backstage? Yeah. What is the change we're going to see in the offices? What is the mm-hmm. change we're going to see from the marketing department? Yeah, what the is the change we're going to see? Right. The stuff that they don't see. It's great that we see amazing things on stage and we should continue to always see those amazing things on stage and support those people mm-hmm. on stage. But what's happening below stage, off stage, backstage, upstairs, in offices, in, in all over the place so that audiences understand that Broadway, you know, and I think, I think we will see that change in the new stuff that's going to be coming. I hope so. I hope so too. Um, and I have another topic to talk about with a new thing coming to Broadway in the fall, which I'll go to next. But let's bounce the ball back <laughs> over to your side of the court and hear a little bit of an update. I'll say on a that. little bit on theme here of Broadway reopening. So, in the music world, music festivals are kind of the first thing that are starting to make their announcements of coming back. Mm. And, you know, music festivals, it's a little bit easier probably to come back rather than like someone just having a big tour because, you know, that's putting a lot on one artist to be like, hey, I'm going to pick this date and 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 this date when every state has different rules and regulations right now on what you can do and can't do. So I'm finding it very interesting the music festivals, though, and some of these big name artists are joining on to these music festivals, one like Electric Zoo that's going to be here in New York City, Governor's Ball, and Bamboozle, which announced for 2023. So that's a big, a big difference. But, you know, and some of the names here um, for these festivals, like Izu has... Big DJs like Skrillex and Tiesto and Cascade. Governor's Ball has the headliners of Billie Eilish, Megan Thee Stallion, and Post Malone. And then they're already announcing for Bamboozle some bigger rock acts like My Chemical Romance, Bon Jovi, Demi Lovato, and Drake are all going to be headlining that festival. That's so far in advance. But I find it really cool like that this is something that's going to come back. I mean, it's big crowds. So I don't know what they're going to do for safety measures. Are people going to have to be masked? I mean, is there going to be alcohol involved? And Mm. are people just going to be partying in big fields? You know, so it's interesting. But I would love to kind of get your take on festivals in general. Okay, sure. You know, I I dabbled in the festival world a little bit, but I don't know if you have at all. Oh, Lord. I mean, festivals. Well, first of all, I will say I will make one comment on what you just said. For Bamboozle to announce 2023, I mean, that's really far away when i hear places doing so it's like to me the middle ground would be 2022 right doing something this year okay some people are going to try it we'll see and 2023 seems so far i feel like 2022 would have been a good pocket of like okay a year from now this is what we're going to do so like 2023 is i think i read somewhere celine dion announced that her european leg will just start up again in 2023 that seems so far away but they're trying to be as safe as possible they want a most normal return to their art form, which is probably a lot of people enjoying themselves in a safe way. So that's probably a few years from now for some of these venues, right? Well, also they're building hype. Right, it's hype building. To get people into the the, the stage world again, even for Broadway, it's like you're you're making these announcements now to build hype and sell tickets. Yeah. You know, Celine is going to sell those dates, no problem. Right. Bamboozle, this is at... 10-year anniversary of... Or actually, I think it's 20. Uh, no, it was 10. Is it 10? Maybe 20. I don't know. I thought the article said 10, but I could be wrong. Maybe it's 20. No, no, no. Oh, no Governor's was... Ball is 10. Oh, yes, yes. Bamboozle is the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I think they're building hype on this date yeah. to get people like, hey, Bamboozle hasn't been around. There was a lot of conflict with why the festival was ended in, in the first place. And now they're bringing it back 20 years later mm-hmm. for a reunion with all of these big acts that kind of had their start in bamboozle. So it's cool to yeah. kind of you see something come full circle. But I get it. It's like also like 
2023, it, it makes us feel like, oh my, oh my gosh, goodness. years and years from, yeah, it's like from when we started this pandemic in 2020 to maybe a festival turn in 2023, that's three years. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a long time, but some people who really enjoy that in this part of their life, you know. Yeah. And in terms of festivals, I mean, here's my two cents on festivals, right? <laughs> um, I, I don't think I've ever been to one. I, I, I would know, right? If I went to, <laughs> I guess, I think I would know. Um, I, Listen, I have so much respect for it. It's clearly a really great experience for people. Um, the stories I hear of some of my friends and people of when are like, oh, yeah, there were no showers. We were there for three days. I don't really remember eating much. And, like, we kind of just had to, like, pee wherever we could. And, like, <laughs> then we kind of, like, and everyone's just, like, on top of you. And it was great. And I'm like, all those things you just said sound no, of no interest to me. And I'm not saying that what's happening on stage is not a event. I think that'd be cool, but I am a concert, per- I'm a theater venue person, or if I'm not like at a Broadway show theater, I'm a concert person. I want to be sitting or standing in a venue where I have a specific place to be. There's a restroom concession stand for me to go to <laughs> if I need to. I enjoy the experience. Maybe it's indoors, maybe it's outdoors. We've been at outdoor concerts at, you know, City Field. And They're fun. There's so fun much fun. Time. Festivals, I know, I know. I'm an old man. I'm just, I, I maybe, maybe I, one I, I day. Guess maybe Maybe we eventually get to a maturity point in our life where we yeah. say, uh, are I we guess too old for festivals? Maybe like 10 years ago, I should have <laughs> done a festival and just did it. And I didn't. And so, like, maybe I'm old, maybe I'm not. But one day, who knows? I'm not. You also don't have to go every single day. You yeah. could just go to one. Yeah. And you go and you see the acts that you want to see. They have right. like multiple stages set right. up. And, right. So you know, it's, a big, it's a big thing. But it's cool to actually hear that they're coming back. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I'm, listen, I'm all for the art form of it and let's just get people employed because, you know, a festival employs a lot of people. Yeah. Ushers, security, crew. I mean, there's so many people that work on it. It's not just the one person performing, you know, or, or band or whatever. So, all right. Bouncing back over to the Broadway world. Um, there, it was announced this week a new play is headed to the August Wilson Theater. Um, for those of you who don't know, the August Wilson Theater is where Mean Girls on Broadway was and closed during the pandemic, permanently mm-hmm. closed there. Um, and so this new play is called Passover. It's by playwright Antoinette Nwandu, and it will be directed by Danya Tamor both making their Broadway debuts. Um, it was Woo-hoo. seen... Yeah, amazing. Yes, yes, ladies. It was seen at Lincoln Center Theater. Okay. Uh, now it's coming here to Broadway. It was, it's, uh, the, the play is inspired by both Waiting for Godot and the Exodus Saga. Okay. And the play follows Moses and Kitsch, two young black men who dream of an existence beyond their street corner. So I think the street corner and what that means and, and who these people are, I think there's going to be some really, I've heard, I did some reading a little bit on this play and, and what it had, where it was before coming to Broadway. And it's amazing that we're seeing um, a black writer's play coming to Broadway now. And, and, and an interesting fun fact here, Passover is one of several plays by um, black writers that um, is are going to be coming to Broadway now with this post pandemic. So additional titles include Dominique Morisot's Skeleton Crew, Ruben Santiago Hudson's Lackawanna Blues, both are from Manhattan Theater Club, Keenan Scott, The Second's Thoughts of a Colored Man, Alice Childress's uh, Trouble in Mind via Roundabout Theater Company, and a world premiere from two-time Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage set to play a second stage theater. So all of these are plays coming to Broadway from Black writers. Um, I think it's an amazing thing. I think, you know, these are what are announced, right? So they will come to fruition. We will hope that we will be able to see these shows on the stages. And this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier is we need the representation. We need women writers and women directors, black women writers, black women directors, 
we need the representation not just on the stage, but yeah. behind the stage. And to see these playwrights writing these wonderful things, it's just amazing. And so I think that's a really great news and that, that these are coming to the mainstream Broadway stages. Yeah, I'm very happy to hear all about all of these shows that are coming. It's uh, Not only is it so great to hear about diversity coming to Broadway, but like just new works in general, mm-hmm. not adaptations of like books and movies that you know we've heard and seen many many times it's like i'm a firm believer that broadway is a place for literally everyone and literally every walk of life and to me that's what it should represent Mm -hmm. it should represent everything it should represent the newest thoughts and ideas I am also such a firm believer it should be representative of the most glorious revivals. And then how can that revival be represented on stage in a new way, in a fresh way, in an appropriate way? Not every show needs to be revived. Some shows shouldn't be revived. They, they're too dated, you know? Um, but They can be revived, but I, I, I love new takes on mm-hmm. revivals. New Sometimes stories. seeing a revival that's just, you know, yeah. a cookie-cutter yeah. revival, it's great, mm-hmm. but it's also like, okay... Mm-hmm. And okay. that's why it'll be great to see and musicals and plays. These are all play. I love plays. We plays are a wonderful thing. We need to keep going on Broadway. You know, a lot of times the equivalent of a play in 2021 is like a television show or a movie where people can just sit at home and watch people dramatically or comedically acting. But it's like to see that live is important. Musicals are so important too, but we need to be seeing these plays, the stories, whether it's got music or not, it's a story. It needs to be told and we should be supporting the live presentation of that. Of course. And also, like, right now, we've all been in front of our screens for so long. So to actually see someone act in person is going mm-hmm. to be really, really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even now, some of these shows that we're watching, and even in some of these films that we're watching, it's like, there's a different take on acting, I feel like, going on right now. It's very, like, literal acting. Like, it, we're not really playing a part. It's just, like... Sometimes you watch something and you feel like you're watching a web series on. Mm. Well, because in, we've in seen TV so world much right screen now. performance, like, right? You see like some real gritty, real character in acting. In it's going to be great to see this in on the stage. Yeah, yeah. To feel that mm. energy in the room again, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 I and I hope the, and I wish the most success to all every show, all these shows, the ones returning, these brand new works. Keep the new works coming. Let's always support new works from every person on in this world internationally and and here in America from all different backgrounds. It's Mm -hmm. so important. We see representation, but we don't see enough of it. And we should always have equal representation of all everyone on the stage. Broadway is life. Like life is a stage. All the world's a stage It's literally Shakespeare quote. (laughs) All the world's a stage. So there we are. Love that quote. Yes. Um, All right. Bouncing the ball back. Well, interesting enough, like leading, I love this flow of Mm, the conversation because I'm going to lead into a new artist and I'm going to make this actually kind of like a topic I do every week. And it's an introduction of a new artist or a new album that had come out the week before. So this week's highlight is um, the album titled If I Could Make It Go Quiet. And it's by the artist Girl in Red. Her name is actually uh, Marie Olven. But uh, she goes by Girl in Red. And she's a new artist. This is her debut album. Uh, and it's getting a lot, a lot of praise from many people for the writing, for the queer themes that are going on in the album, just the raw poetry that she's kind of spitting out in these tracks. And I would say some of my highlights on this album um, are a few songs. One being Serotonin, which is her current single 
um, out right now. And then there are some other uh, tracks. Did You Come? Horny Love Sick Mess and uh, You Stupid. Mm. <laughs> we'll keep it PG. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, I read this article um, from The Cut and it's talking about like how queerness is kind of like a thing now with some of the younger artists. Like, and and she doesn't wear it on her theme uh, on her sleeve. You know, if you just listen to the album throughout, she's she's talking about these women, the women in her life that's either like, you know, gone against her or broke up with her or who are they with now? And it gave me a lot of actually like to go back like Alanis Morissette vibes at times. Mm. And it, but it's like modern. It's current. It's cool. Um, so yeah. I, I listened to some of those songs that you mentioned. It's definitely, it's, um, cutting edge. It's experimental. Yeah. It's, um, emotional. And Very it's, ex- emotional. yeah. And it's expressive. A little avant-garde, a little edgy, a little angsty. Maybe that's what that Alanis Morissette, and it, 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 to me, it was like a combination of like Alanis Morissette meets like Avril Lavigne, kind of meets Billie Eilish, kind yeah. of meets like all those different worlds there. And I, I think that's cool. If, if young, you're saying young queer artists and young queer, you know, teens or young adults are listening to this and praising it, it's great. It's, it's a very cool. I, I just, I, I, I find it really cool to be seeing this. Like we did, what did we really have as kids? Mm. In the queer themes that like were part of our our music, mm. you know, mm-hmm. we didn't have much. Mm-hmm. We heard of people like the George Michaels of the world. It's like that was so advanced for us as kids, and this is like very relatable for like you know late teen, early twenties to be listening to this to be like, wow, there's someone else out there like me, and they're putting music out and, there. And the article you you mentioned. Um, the last question that was in the article, they said, well, who, who has been inspiring you during this time? And I I was so, I was kind of shocked to see that it was um, Taylor Swift, because I wouldn't think Taylor Swift and her would be relatable in that way, in terms of their style of music. But she was like, I've listened to folklore. I feel like what folklore has wrapped me up during this mm-hmm. pandemic, and I've enjoyed so much of that emotion and folklore. And I was like, yeah, go way to go, Taylor Swift, with folklore, because the artists are really praising that and using that as inspiration for them during this pandemic time. What I'm finding very interesting with some of these young artists is they actually, many of them do look up to Taylor Swift. You know, Mm. Taylor Swift is becoming that model songwriter for some of these younger... You know, you have Olivia Rodrigo, who is also coming out with her debut album soon. Yeah, um, yeah. But is also obsessed with Taylor Swift and the the writing skills that Taylor Swift has, because a lot of these young artists are writing their own music if you look at these tracks you don't see 20 30 writers on this you see their name and their name only and And i have to praise that a little bit more too Mm -hmm. not saying that someone else can't write your songs because they can but i like that you know if you're not the strongest vocalist you can figure out how to become a performer now without you know being just known as a belter you know she's I mean, she sounds great on the tracks, it, and it verges on being a little Billie Eilish at times. But it's like it's cool to to see. I think I think there's the I call in my brain I call it like the chain link effect, how one artist can inspire the next, who can inspire the next. In the Broadway world, it's like Rodgers and Hammerstein, then chain linked a little to Stephen Sondheim, mm-hmm. who he worked with Richard Rodgers a little bit, and then Stephen Sondheim had his own, and then like Stephen Sondheim's career links on to like Lin-Manuel Miranda's and they do like 
Lin-Manuel works. The team is signing a little bit on the West Side Story revival from a few years back. And now it's Lin-Manuel. So the same thing in the music world. It's almost like we've had like the Carol King experience yeah. of this. I wrote this and I'm singing it. And that Tapestry album that I, I always bring up. I just think it's so inspiring. To link on to like the, the Sarah Bareilles, Taylor Swift era of people, mainly Taylor Swift there with that. And Sarah Bareilles, you know, and, and those singer-songwriter people. Now latching on to Girl in Red, Billie Eilish, some of these newer. It's like. It's like it's like a linked chain. You have to remember what came from before you. Be your own person. And who are you going to be the linked chain for the next person yeah. in 10 or 20 years from now? That is important to me. People who don't remember what came in the past or what's currently happening or don't have an ambitious look into the future. It's it's a past, present, future. I'm, I'm a firm believer mm-hmm. in all that. Know what your past is, live in your present, and then plan for your future, all three. So well, not to get too... We also have to kind you know, of like but, remember like every single year, we keep moving farther and farther away from some of these earlier artists. You know, Not saying that this girl wouldn't know who Carol King was, because I'm sure she does, but like something that she grew up with is probably more of a Taylor mm-hmm, Swift mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Or maybe it goes to, like, Alanis Morissette that's previous. But, like, Carol King, 70s, you know, that's that's getting far away. Yeah. It's getting far yeah. away. Especially yeah. when you hear, like, a playlist on these streaming services and yeah. it's like the oldies are playing 90s music. Yeah, right. So. I mean, 90s is the old music now, I guess. Yeah. I think we're at the so. fun fact time. We're at fun fact time. We're going <laughs> to drop a few quick... Uh, thoughts here before every we week up. we're going to do a little um quick fire at the end of our podcast that's um some fun facts of the week just you know? quick short fun things to learn um my first one actually not a fun fact unfortunately some updated news um jacques d'amboise passed away this week at 86 years old um he was a principal dancer of the New York City Ballet, where ballets were created especially for him by choreographer George Balanchine. Um, and Demboise also choreographed for the New York City Ballet. Um, and as well as ballets, Demboise danced in films. He danced in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is a classic um, film movie musical where he played the part of Ephraim, one of the brothers. And he was also in the 1956 Carousel movie where he was the... He danced the ballet role of the Starlight Carnival Barker. So, like, he was an iconic dancer for film. He is also the father of Tony nominee Charlotte D'Amboise, who's been in a lot of Broadway shows. So, rest in peace to Jacques D'Amboise, 86 years old, an an iconic legend Mm -hmm. of dance in the American um, ballet and musical theater scene of um, American history. So, um, and and just musical theater dance history. So, rest in peace, Jacques D'Amboise. Rest in peace. Uh, I I guess I'll lift up the spirits Mm -hmm. here and say that rumor has it. Spice World that oh. is the 1997 film from the Spice Girls, but Spice World is getting a sequel. That's the rumor. What Spice rumor. World? Because I have never seen it, and all I do is keep hearing from people, "What you've never seen I it? Can't. Did you live under I a rock?" And I'm can't. like, uh, "Yeah, I, I literally have never seen uh, it." I tell him all the time. I, I actually have it on DVD, so it's quite um, funny that he has not seen it, but. Yet, um, it is rumored that Jerry Hallowell, a.k.a. Ginger Spice, is um, heading up this project because this is going to be, like, their reunion film. Okay. So, the other Sporty Spice, Scary Spice, Baby Spice are all down for the project. You know, Miss Victoria Beckham, who knows? She's mm-hmm. always up in the air mm-hmm. um, because she's, I think, really departed from the Spice Girls. So, mm. yeah. All right. And I have a silly fun fact here, too, lifting the spirits higher up with some <laughs> silly fun stuff. Um, the We know that at the end of this month, the Cruella de Vil um, Disney film is going to be Cruella. coming out. Cruella, yep, with um, 
um, Emma Stone, and it's going to be wonderful. And if we remember from our childhood, Glenn Close played Cruella de Vil in the 101 Dalmatians uh, live action. So Glenn Close recently came out in an interview and said she would want to do Cruella a third time. She did it two times in the two movies. She said she has an idea and she would want to be, and this is her quote, Cruella comes to New York <laughs> and disappears down the sewers. <laughs> and I'm not sure what that means, but Glenn Close, She'll do like, it. More puppies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I, and, and part of the reason why I'm, I'm talking about this is also because she was also asked about the Sunset Boulevard film that she's going to be in starring in there finally making the as we know in the 1950s there was a Sunset Boulevard film it became a musical on Broadway in the 90s Andrew Lloyd Webber um, wrote all the music to it so they, we've been waiting to hear like what's going on with the filming of this. I maybe the pandemic kind of um, halted a little bit of it, but um, she said we. Her quote is: "We are very, very close and ready to go um, for the Sunset Boulevard film, which I'm really excited about. I really hope that's her Oscar win. She's been nominated Oscar, for so many Oscars. Oscar, maybe. Please. She and she also said, fun fact: Andrew Lloyd Webber is currently working on new music for this. So in addition mm. to the music he already maybe has for the show, he's even adding even adding some more. So Glenn Close, go enjoy that filming process. It's an iconic role." It's a beautiful show. We saw her do yes, it on did. Broadway a few years ago in the revival. And she was lovely. A, a stunning. I mean, just uh, she's wonderful in everything she does. So that's your fun she Glenn Close fact of the day. Lovely. And mm-hmm. last but not least, Billie Eilish is covering the um, Vogue, British Vogue yes. cover. And she is looking wonderful. Very not normal, Billie not, Eilish. Yeah. But, but you know what? I They did an article on. Um, her and her basically saying like why she did this cover this way Mm -hmm. and i i found it to be very um mature of her very Um, mature i saw that i saw it and the first thing i thought was marilyn monroe yes it was just so 50s almost like you know the hair and the, the the corset outfit she's wearing i'm like oh and it's almost like she matured like 10 years overnight yeah I don't, know if, I don't know if she's saying, like, this is now my image. I think what she's probably doing, it's like, um, look, I can do what I want because I make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. I mean, she got a lot of backlash from some fans saying, oh... You're cli- you're just another cliche. Like you broke into the scene. And no, I think you she's still going to keep doing her thing. And yeah. this is just an opportunity. It was one magazine cover. It's not her whole life, you know. Right. I mean, I, I I I would like seeing that. I think that she's got a cool future ahead of her. She's won many awards. I'm very very impressed. I, I thought she looked gorgeous. I just like seeing diversity in artists sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? Sometimes you just want to do something. She's a very body uh, positive. Yeah, yeah, and she's saying I don't see girls out there that look like me that are doing this. The girls that are doing this are skinny, skinny twigs, and I'm going to put my body out there. Yeah. And she has every right she to do gorgeous, that. She looks gorgeous, and she should be so proud of herself for doing those things. Yeah, and so. she's getting ready. Um, she's also getting ready to release her sophomore album. Okay, there so, we go. We got some more things coming yeah. up. So. So, oh, there, there it is. <laughs> That's our, our chime for places. Yes. So we are going to wrap up here now. Um, wonderful bit of scoop news here we'll have the scoop yeah well (laughs) we're every friday at three o'clock eastern standard time we're going to release our 
um, you know, our episode here on The Scoop. So we thank you so much for listening today. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music and leave us a review if you love what you heard today. And we also want you to join our conversation and engage with us. So if you head on over to our Instagram at Two Worlds Ent, that's at T-W-O-W-O-R-L-D-S-E-N-T. And comment on the latest posts that we're making about this podcast episode. We would love to hear from you. And if you also have any fun facts in the theater or pop world that you want to share with us throughout the let week, let us know. We'll talk let about that. It might just end up it. on our podcast. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, we're signing off for now. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 